0: Welcome to the conclusion of Pastor Tim's message, Questioning the Miraculous, from Luke chapter 20, verses 27 through 38. Wouldn't it be sad if the miracles of the Bible were not true? In today's passage, we meet a group of people who deny the miraculous power of God and who demonstrate a complete misunderstanding of the Bible. Where does their hope come from? What about God's intervention in our circumstances? What about seeing Our loved ones in heaven. What about our own salvation? Thank God he is still in the miracle business. Here's Pastor Tim.
1: That's where his answer is. That's how he keeps the main thing the main thing. His answers are going to land right there. In fact, that's where he starts. He starts with this. Jesus pointed them to God's supernatural strength. He pointed them to God's supernatural strength. Strength. Look if you will at verse number thirty-four. Matthew and Mark once, once they make that, once they record Jesus making that introductory remark, they they go into this very same answer, like you read in verse thirty-four. Jesus answered and said to them, "The sons of don't miss this. The sons of this age marry and are given in marriage, but those who are counted worthy to attain." that age and the resurrection from the dead, neither marry nor are given in marriage, nor can they die anymore, for they are equal to the angels and are sons of God, being sons of the resurrection. All right, we need to break that one down just a little bit, don't we? What's he saying? All right, what is this age? This age is the age that we live in now. For those that are a strict dispensationalist, they would say that we're living in the church age. That is this age. Even if you're not a strict dispensationalist, you can at least say this is the age of this world that we're living in. The that age that he's referring to is eternity, right? So Jesus is making a a contrast, sort of like we saw in the Scriptures this morning. He's saying, listen... In this age, life is based on certain things, just like you see with heaven. We are are dominated by our sun. We are dominated by water, by oceans, by the sea, by the need for water. And yet we see what heaven's going to be like, and the Bible says that there is no sun, there's no need of the sun, because Jesus is the light. It says that there's no more sea. So it's not even the same kind of existence, is it? So if the, if the natural order of things changes so much, don't you think the cultural norms would also change? The foundational unit for us, for any nation, for any society, for any group of people is the family. It's not the same when we get there. You say, so there's no marriage in heaven, then why is there the marriage supper of the Lamb? Because the Lamb is marrying His bride, the church. There is a celebration of that. It's not an individual marriage between me and another person. It's only the marriage of Jesus Himself with His bride... And everything gets focused on who Jesus is, not on who we are. So that's a point of their question that needs to be revised. The focus of their question is themselves. And if you find people who say, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask Jesus this, most often it's something that is a selfish question that they themselves simply want to know. Something that has dumbfounded them or something that seems to trip them up. It is their question that they have that they think that they deserve an answer for. Jesus would point you to the same way that he points the Sadducees to his supernatural strength. That he's able to make these changes. He has the power to do so. It's not a... It's not just a revolution of what we have now. It is a resurrection. The old way of life simply dies and He resurrects it to a new life. Remember Jesus telling Martha, don't touch me. I've not ascended to my Father yet. There's a difference in that glorified body than in our physical body. There's a difference even in that culture. So he says the sons in this age, they marry, and they're given in marriage. He says those who are counted worthy. All right, let me deal with this one for just a moment. Because somebody's going to say, what do I have to do to be counted worthy? What, 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 if I'm not, what if I do everything I know to do right, and I'm still not counted worthy? Well, the count is one to zero, by the way. It's Jesus (laughs) or nothing, right? If I've got Jesus, I'm counted worthy. Listen, that is an important word, an important way to phrase it, because I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Even, Even as a saved man, I am not worthy of what He's done for me. I'm not worthy of the resurrection. I'm not worthy of eternity. But I can be counted worthy. I can be counted that way. He says those who are counted worthy to attain that age, to go to heaven, if you will, and this resurrection from the dead, Well, they don't marry. They're not given in marriage. It is different. And then look at this, talk about His supernatural power, nor can they die anymore. He's talking about eternal life. Sadducees don't believe in the resurrection. Sadducees don't believe in eternal life. And Jesus is saying, those who have Him, they're going to go through this resurrection. They are going to spend eternity with him. There is an eternity. There is a resurrection. There is eternal life. And they can have that. He says, they will not die anymore. Oh, boy. (laughs) For they are equal to the angels and are sons of God. All right. From time to time, folks are going to say, when somebody dies... Heaven gained another angel, right? It says, nor are they equal to the angels. Well, it's saying that they're not equal to the angels. Why are we not equal to the angels? Because you have something that the angels desire to see and desire to experience, but never ever will, and that's redemption. The Bible says that while we are singing our song of redemption in heaven... That the angels desire to sing such a song, and yet they can't. Listen, the power of God is one that's able to transform you from who you are now to a person who is wholly fit to fit in eternity forever and live with Him. Somebody who's able to excel what the angels are. You'll become an angel. Instead, what are you more equal to, sons of God? Does that mean that I'm, I, I'm son of God like Jesus is son of God? Well, he's his firstborn and I've been adopted. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a secondborn, if you will, a reborn. I saw somebody driving the other day and I pointed it out to Dean on the back of their car. They had a little sticker and it said born squared. Thought oh, that's pretty good. I like that. It says they are sons of God. That we are His children. He is our Father. We are His children. We are sons and daughter of God. We are sons of the resurrection. Jesus continually throws that in there. The power of God is seen in the resurrection. It is the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead. It is the power of God that will raise you from the dead. And join your soul with your resurrected body one of these days. So Jesus did for them what he would do for us. He pointed them to God's supernatural strength. And number two, Jesus pointed them to God's sacred scriptures. To God's sacred scriptures. Remember he he said through Matthew and through Mark, you don't know the scriptures and you don't know the power of God. So he points them and says, listen, the answer to your question is in the power of God. And the answer to your question is in the Scriptures. Look, if you will, in verse 37. He says, Now even Moses... Now what's he talking about? He's talking about Moses' writings, right? They say that they believe in Moses. They say that they believe in Moses' writings. So Jesus doesn't go, even though there's some wonderful things that could be said out of Isaiah. He doesn't go to Isaiah. He doesn't go to the Psalms. He doesn't go to one of the minor prophets. He goes right back to Moses. If you say that you believe in Moses' authority, then listen to this, basically, is what he's saying. You listen to this. I want to point you back to those scriptures, the ones that Moses himself was the writer when God was the author. Now, even Moses showed in the burning bush passage... Let me just stop there for a minute. Do you see a problem yet? The most incredible miracle of them all in the Old Testament of Moses' writings is him going up to that burning bush and God speaking to him out of it. And Jesus says, You believe in Moses, but you don't even believe in the burning bush. You think the burning bush is just a, a story. It's a a fable, it's a a way of of telling how God spoke to him in, in, in ways that they would remember, in ways that were dramatic. I would say, just in looking at this one verse, that Jesus believes in the burning bush passage. I think we should believe in the burning bush passage. The Sadducees should believe in the burning bush passage. You see, they say that they're given to those Scriptures. But what Jesus is pointing out, even by bringing up this one illustration, is that they know the Scriptures, but they don't know the Scriptures. They acknowledge the Scriptures, but they really don't believe. Everything in the Scriptures. Now even Moses showed in the burning bush passage that the dead are raised. Now how did he do that? Jesus gives his own. Jesus tells it himself. This is what he means. When he, that is Moses, called the Lord, he called God the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are all well dead before Moses encounters God in the burning bush. Before Moses himself is even born. And they've not acknowledged that at all. Not at all. He is the one. His power. His scriptures. And then thirdly, Jesus pointed them where all of these answers are headed to. He pointed them to God's sinless son. Points them to himself. He says, look, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Moses called God those names. And he says this in verse 38. For he is not the God of the dead, but of the living. For all live to him. Why is that the last verse in this passage? Why does Jesus stop there and not continue on and try to answer the crazy question about the wife and the husband? Because essentially, Jesus has already answered that question. He said, it it just ain't going to be that way. But there is going to be one. See, we began this whole section back up in verse number 27 by saying some of the Sadducees who deny that there is a resurrection... So how does Jesus end? He's not the God of the dead. But wait. as they're reading this, as Jesus is saying this, Abraham is dead. And and Isaac is dead, and Jacob is dead, and Joseph is dead, and David is dead, and Daniel is dead, and all of these folks in the old, they're all dead. God's not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living. How does that happen? By resurrection. The hope that we have for resurrection for us is not only bathed in who Jesus is, that he himself was raised from the dead, but that all of these others who are like us will be raised from the dead. That's how we know that we know. It's miraculous. And instead of always trying to find some kind of answer outside of the Scriptures or outside of the miraculous, outside of God's power, outside of God's Word, why not just believe it for what it is? And then know that if He did it then, He can do it today. If He healed somebody then, He can heal them today. If He brought them through troubled waters, then He can bring us through troubled waters today. And if He raised the dead, then He can raise the dead today. Let's pray. I don't know if there's anything in you, in your heart, in your mind, that that tends to doubt or try to explain away parts of God's Word. But I would ask you tonight to simply yield to him. To be able to say, Jesus, I might not be able to explain everything, but I believe everything. After all, if you don't have basic trust in him, how's he going to help you through those decisions? How's he going to help you through the difficulties of life? Tonight's an opportunity just to say, God, I trust you. It doesn't have to have any qualifiers. I trust you. Maybe that's where you are. Maybe you need to come to the altar. Maybe you need to pray with me. Whatever you need to do, let's tell him. Jesus, I want you to know tonight that I trust you. I don't understand everything. I certainly don't see very far into the future. But I trust you, no matter what you do, in everything that you do. In your name I pray. Amen. Let's stand together.
0: Pastor Tim thanks you for joining us here today on Brit David Podcast. And he would like to invite you to check out our past messages here in our podcast library. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And how you can know that you know. That Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is churchoffice at brittdavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Britt David Podcast.